You are listening to the Virgin Radio Pridecast. So, Steve Daniel with you tonight on Virgin Radio Pride. This is my Pride playlist. I'm so glad to introduce you to singer, songwriter, actor, author, LGBTQ plus activist, member of our community, and the man who may personally made my coming out experience so much better by being one of the first kind of game role models I could relate to. Will Young, how are you? How was that? Oh, thank you. That's Thanks a lovely so much. intro. Was that okay? That was more than okay. <laughs> I did sit here for a few minutes before you arrived thinking, will Will like this? I hope he does. Well, you know, it's always funny, actually, because um, before going on stage, if there's someone, like, announcing me, I always say, oh, can, can they just say, like, and here's Will Young? Because, like, long intro, because I get so... Not that not I get overly nervous, but, like, you know, I just want to get on. Mm. And I'm like, oh, please, can they just not, like, do a long announcement? I just want to get on and start singing. And it's awful if there's, like, if it's a live gig and you've got someone that's doing, like, a two-minute long... I'm literally, like, crapping myself side of stage. I could tell you were kind of goading me. You're going, come on, you can get through this. This one I, this one I was very happy with. Thank oh, thank you. you. Well, that's a great start. And welcome along to my Pride playlist. Thank you. We've got, you've given me some great songs today, and I'm really interested to go through the songs and hear the stories. What I thought we could do is do them in chronological order. Yeah. And we start with, I mean, this is just one of, I mean, Donna Summer, I Feel Love, it's the disco tune. I think it is, isn't it, really? There's something very, I wish I knew more about Donna Summer. Um... I knew a cover of of the original before I knew the original. Um, I think there's something about that song that encapsulates that time and it just seems to be really inclusive. There's something about the song that feels really inclusive, but also slight, like, heady as well. So it's sort of very nighttime. I mean, it's just got a lot of different facets to it. Um, and I've always thought it's always been top of my like pride songs or, or any playlist. It kind of has to be. I think it's it's earned its historical place. It mm. feels like a real historical song. It stands for something, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, other songs maybe don't have such a, a similar context, but it really stands for something. And it kind of takes you back to a place. I mean, I wasn't, I think I was one year old when this song came out. It's 1977. I was. Uh, I almost feel like I was there. Do you know when yeah. it was released? You kind of feel like maybe you were in New York. Yes, exactly. Studio 54. I know, exactly. You can kind of feel... And also, I think some songs, they they can get sort of claimed in a way. And I feel like the LGBTQ plus community claimed it and sort of took it on. Um, and I feel like also Donna Summer seemed to have that sort of relationship with the, with the community mm-hmm. through, through her career. So, yeah... It's um, it will always be there on any playlist. It kind of has to be. My Pride playlist. Virgin Radio Pride. And we're on a, on a bit of a roll here because your second tune, the next one, is an absolute anthem as well. It's Queen and David Bowie, Under Pressure. Massive icons. And actually, I chose it for as much thinking about the artists as well as the songs. Um, and I think what Bowie stood for and what Freddie Mercury Queen stood for um, you know the t- those two artists together is just phenomenal and also it ties into one of my favourite ever live moments mm-hmm. if not my favourite live moment to watch on repeat is Annie Lennox and David Bowie singing Under Pressure at the Queen um, concert yes yeah. um, and it was it's just astonishing. Yeah. Um, so I kind of think of this song, but I think of the three of those artists together, weirdly, mm. because it almost felt like Freddie Mercury lived on so much through that concert, through that tribute concert. I mean, George Michael, you know, his performance, it was just astonishing. Um, but yeah, as two brilliant artists and what they represented, both doing quite di- very different things, actually, because Queen moving to stadium, you know, wanting to pack out stadiums and deciding to do big rock pop. Um, And Bowie just sort of being Bowie, (laughs) whoever he wanted to be at the time. I don't know what stage he was at then. I don't know if Ziggy Stardust had happened then or not. I can't remember. Um, But they're two artists that they just mesmerise me. And if no one's ever had the pleasure of seeing them live, you know, 
go on YouTube or get the DVDs because they're just it's very hard to find people who perform like that now yeah yeah and like you say that concert I mean I was um, in 1992 the Freddie Mercury tribute concert I was you know just uh, just arriving in my teenage years and I learned so much by watching that live on television that day because there were some Queen songs I wasn't even aware of because I was too young but it was a really tremendous day for music wasn't it yeah I, the same with me and I felt like artists really the people who who owned you know did covers of those Queen songs they really did like own the songs mm. quite remarkably actually you know but yeah Under Pressure always stood out and um, and then interestingly again another one that I came across because of the concert and then realised that it was a it was Bowie and Freddie Mercury that had done it originally and then discovered it that way. There's, that's another one of those tunes that's so pivotal, isn't it? It's so, it's so unique from the time that it came yes. out. Yes, and I think that's what's so fascinating about music is it can do that. Of course, not all songs do that, but some songs really just cut through the noise um, and seem to get picked up and, you know, used as an anthem. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think those first two songs definitely definitely do yeah. and this next song uh, Grace Jones on my prior playlist um, well this somehow whenever I hear this it just takes me to the States I'm not even sure why but it's got such a, a great like 80s American vibe would you agree with that? Well I think she did this record with Slime Robbie I think it is just so sexual <laughs> it's so sexy <laughs> it's so cool it's so kind of slow funky so unapologetic and the lyrics are unapologetic and people know what it's singing about and you know it's about sex and it's I just think it's it's probably one of the sexiest songs and whenever it comes on if I hear it on the radio um or I play it or it comes on in the car I just can't help but like move I just have to start moving yeah. And also because Grace Jones, you know, she's an icon. She um, is a fierce, what she represented, what she did in her imagery. Um, very similar to Bowie, actually. Um, you know, she really, the, no one else was really doing kind of artwork, like kind of, in, she was an artist, you know, just using herself in her art and in her photography. Um, she was a model. She was a dancer. And she is just astonishing, absolutely astonishing. Um, but she is so sexual, out and out sexual. Yeah, I mean, I'm scared just looking at her. Yeah. And after seeing clips on TV, you know, do you remember that thing with Russell Harty on the chat show? <laughs> Didn't she slap it? Don't turn your back to me. It was that, wasn't it? It was. Stop it. <laughs> she started hitting him. Um, but she's, I've seen her live, you know, recently. Um, I mean, as in within the last five years. And she was just mega i mean she made everyone else look amateur yeah you know big big acts she made them look amateur she it's theater what she does it's real theater it's Mm -hmm. almost cabaret um and her music was so i mean she really really took on disco and and do a deep dive into all her disco albums because they're immense have you got any you could recommend well there's a there's a there was a box set that came out about three years ago that was all her sort of disco period when she wasn't necessarily as popular mm-hmm. um but it's it's a brilliant box set box set it came out on island records um and check it out okay um but i think island life as one as if i had to recommend any record it would be island life and any song it would be pull up to the bumper my pride playlist virgin radio pride I'm looking forward to this next tune then, uh, the Pet Shop Boys. I love them. Well, I'm not the biggest Pet Shop Boys connoisseur, I have to say, but I have always felt an affinity with this song and I feel like they... Well, first of all, I think their taste is amazing. They just have impeccable taste from doing live shows with Sam Taylor Wood, Mm. you know, to doing... Uh, a cover of Noel Coward songs, you know, it's just you know, like I'll be watching Rufus Wainwright and Neil Tennant or something pop up, and I'm like, yeah, of course, of course you are, you know, like their live shows are amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
unbelievable. And they've done everything. Like you say, the scope is unbelievable. They've done everything. They've done, you know, like seasons at the Opera House. I mean, it's just like, they're just, they're just brilliant. Yeah. And, but I think for me, West End Boys, I just always felt was a gay anthem. Mm. I always, I always did and always have. I've never actually dissected the lyrics more because maybe I'll find out it isn't. But I feel, I just, I just always felt like it was about people like me. Mm. Well, that's how I related to it. So if I'd be going in to Soho, I'd be thinking, yeah, this is about me. It's West End Boys. And, and that's the way I've always connected to it. And there's something actually quite beautiful about it, if I think about it. And um, I've always felt that the Pet Shop Boys have been there for me as a gay man. They're one of the few acts, particularly if you think back then, mm. that I've always felt as a gay person, you could find solace in their music. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I don't feel like they have ever pretended to be anything but. They just are who they are. Um, so they, so they, ha they kind of, I had to put them on, I wanted to put them on the playlist and then that song, I thought, well, no, it must be this song. And it's interesting because we had um, Lord Cashman on a few weeks ago. He did the first one of these and he was telling me... He's an amazing man. He really is. I mean, just the most incredible amazing. hour. And he, But he was telling me about um, London in this part of the 80s with HIV and AIDS being such a concern. Everyone was so scared. And he picked this song to represent that era. So that backs up completely what you said. It's, oh, um, really it's very much like a an era-defining tune. And I remember at school, people mentioning the Pet Shop Boys in quite a derogatory way. I think that's how I learned. Oh, OK. But almost I felt like affiliated yeah, to them yeah. in, in a weird way yeah, as a yeah, seven-year-old. Yeah. yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because it goes... It just goes to show that as a gay person, you know, it can be more than who you choose to love. It's also a sensibility and how interesting that one picks up on and goes towards certain artists from a young age. You yeah. know, it's, it's very interesting. I'm Steve Denier. This is my Pride playlist on Virgin Radio Pride. Will Young's with me. And we're going to go on to Bronski Beat next. Now, this is a tune that I saw you performing at Manchester Pride the other year. Oh, yeah. Yes. And so I was in the audience and I was stood next to two guys who... And the thing is, you got everyone clapping, and everyone, but people were crying as well. Were clapping. With, it was a proper moment oh, wow. when I saw this. And I just thought... You did I a love... wonderful version oh, of this wow. song. Thank you. Really special. Uh, I remember that that gig actually. It was really fun. And I ran out into the audience and, yeah. thought, and thought halfway through, I think I've made a huge mistake. How do I get back? <laughs> well, also, <laughs> what's going to happen to my clothes? <laughs> what's what's going to happen? To... Oh, they loved you though. Yeah, it? It, it was, was a brilliant. Proper, you know, it was really you had good. Their attention. No, I really enjoyed it. It was, um, but that song is um, really powerful. Um, you know, it's about someone having to leave home um because of their sexuality uh, and 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 funny enough when i think of the song i can really see the video as well can you yeah you know like him getting on the train and um and it was a really interesting time because gay people st started reclaiming um like dm boots so they they basically started dressing as like far right how yeah. far right people were dressing you know short hair jeans dm big gm boots leather jackets white t-shirts and it was an amazing amazing time also a very difficult time because of aids and hiv um hiv and aids and um but this song is like a song for every i'd like to say that this song shouldn't resonate so much now but i met someone the other day you know who was thrown out of his home when he was 13 you know and um for being gay and he was actually homeless and wow. I, I just I just couldn't believe that that still happens um so it's about a boy leaving home but perhaps also he needs to leave home anyway you know to find because it's his trying to find what you're looking yeah, for yeah here. yeah find your family and so so yeah, I can't remember. Maybe he's not out and out. He gets thrown out, but I know he needs to leave. And and yeah, it's. It, but the lyrics are so sad. And um, the searching. It's a searching song, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's a searching song. Yeah. I read your book um, to be a gay man, and there was so much that kind of resonated with me. You know, the whole gay shame thing. But but 
equally. And then I heard this song randomly within like 24 hours and I, I really connected my own personal experience, this song, and some of that shame that I had hidden away Mm. As you, as we do, because mm. we don't realise what it is. Mm. Um, but yeah, this song has got a whole special meaning, as yeah. it's so many people. Yeah, and also it's just an incredible pop song, you know, really and incredible singing, and this guy singing in such an amazing range. Um, I, I feel like Jimmy Somerville and the Communards. I feel like they've been slightly overlooked um, as in terms of their status, you know. And Erasure as well, mm -hmm. and Andy Bell. I feel like they they are overlooked a bit because actually what they were doing and have done and still do is is remarkable. And they they were so vocal and they didn't hide being. I remember yeah. Andy Bell saying on um, you know like going live, he was spending Christmas with his boyfriend in 1988, and there were tuts in the family home. But I thought, oh, this is interesting. Yeah, that's amazing. It's 1988. Yeah, that's see, they were really truly brave people. Yeah. My Pride Playlist. Virgin Radio Pride. Now, do you say Candy Staten or Candy Staten? See, I say Candy Staten. Me too. But is that right? I do. And there's people in the in the production unit they're agreeing. But yeah, agree. some people say Stanton. I think, gosh, have I been getting my job wrong for 22 years? No. We're going no. for Staten. Yeah, I came across this song when it was re it was reissued. Yes, in the 90s. In the 90s. Yeah. So I was doing A-levels, I think. And... I was like, what is this? What, what is this tune? This is unbelievable. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean... That long intro, and you're like, well, where is this going to go? It's incredible. Just, it's insanely good. Insanely good. I think from the first lyric, you know, it's it's open, it's vulnerable, uh, it's joyous, it's it's everything. Yeah. And, and, and it's got the word love in. And I think that's important. You know, it sounds a bit sort of simpl simplified to say, but it's important, you know, to sing about love. But to, it's a difficult thing to do. It's very difficult to sing about love without it sounding really twee. Really? Yeah. So you have to concentrate on how it's... It's just very difficult. Yeah, because you think you just, well, right, brilliant, I'll write a song called Everyone Love Everyone. You know, and you think, brilliant, this will be a smash. It's very difficult. Because it could be taken in a kind of twee it way. Just be or so, a yeah, it could be sort of, yeah, a bit crass, a bit just sort of like simplified. But I think it's her vocal. Her vocal is outstanding. Mm. I mean, like, absolutely outstanding. Do you find this also a bit like the others, quite era-defining? Especially the 100%. remix that you mentioned. Uh, for me, it is completely defining of of a time but also because you know that was a time when i was young gay teenager but not out at a all boys predominantly all boys private school you know feeling a bit like well, i'm not quite sure how i'm gonna ever be able to live openly as a gay person but this kind of song would give me i think that's the kind of relationship that i would get with music mm. music really was my friend and my solace and my escape and my kind of hope, sense of hope mm -hmm. um, and, you know, of a, of a sort of better possibility. Um, and this song definitely did that. I can, I know, because it was, because I, I couldn't avoid it. You know, the older I got, the less, it wasn't going away. Mm. I was still fancying boys. So, you know, it wasn't going away. I even had a girlfriend. So I would listen to this song a lot. And, and it would bring me a lot of um, sort of... It was a good, great resource for me, yeah. Because it's a very positive song. And yeah. it's interesting, you know, as we'll come on to this in a bit, but I do class you as one of the, the great role models, but in a later era. When we're talking about here, 91, 92, I felt when I heard this song and I knew that I was gay, I just thought there were not that many role... Well, I don't think there were any early 90s, anyone that, you know, like yourself or TV presenters like no, Graham Lauter, no we one. were kind of just out there trying to find our own way. Do, do you yeah, agree with no that? One. Yeah, there, I mean, that's very sweet of you to say, for God's sake, don't make me a role model. Um, um, I mean, look at my shoes. They're like, I'm wearing, like, designer slash orthopedic correct, correctional shoes. <laughs> Do you know they what, he walks in this he's rocking them. <laughs> You're rocking them. I, there wasn't anyone. No, there wasn't. There was nobody, no, was but, there? And, no, and also... I think Julian Clary, maybe. Well, Julian Clary, yeah. Um, I mean, actually, he is an amazing, amazing man. Um, um, 
there wasn't sort of it wasn't well it was couched in seedy way or yeah it just wasn't every day was it really yeah um and it's funny because someone asked me oh, what would you what advice would you give to your younger self um and I couldn't actually think of anything because it wasn't like I could say right go and speak to the counsellor because there were no counsellors there was no internet we didn't even have a notice board you know like there was no um way of of the kind of brilliant access you have now yeah um it just wasn't what the way it was then so it's so weird even for me to remind myself um and i know you mentioned you know the book i was i wrote on gay shame but it was really interesting revisiting my school days yes and just remembering how different times were then yeah you know I really related to it and there were there were things in that book that I haven't thought about that obviously were quite traumatic for me that I've just kind of sectioned off and actually just read. I got the same amount of help from that book as like The Velvet Rage. Oh, wow. Honestly, That's it was so good. There were so many things. And I thought, well, actually, this is quite traumatic to think of these things. Mm. But, but but it was good, a good thing because collectively, if you're kind of around our, our age in the 90s, it was difficult. You come off the back of AIDS... We were being blamed for this. It was mm. a very negative look to be gay, wasn't it? Especially yeah. with your peers and stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We I need th- to cut some slack. It was a difficult time. I think it was a difficult time, and that's why it, you know it was. I loved, well, I loved writing the book, but that's why music was such a thing for me, definitely. And maybe it is why, maybe stereotypically, gay people can really connect to to music. You know, because if you if you maybe feel like you're an outsider, you know, that's you can you really can get a sense when these songs are produced that are kind of they feel like they're for you. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Steve Daniel here doing my Pride playlist tonight on Virgin Radio Pride with the incredible Will Young. And that of course is one of the most pioneering dance songs from the early nineties. And we're gonna go right now, Will, aren't we, to a whole different vibe. Tracy Chapman and fast car. This is this is so so powerful, isn't it? I, I've been a bit cheeky here because I I could just do Tracy Chapman, Tracy Chapman, which was what the name of the album was called as well. Yeah, so it's self-titled. I mean, you could just pick any song from that. It, I know it's not a big up up <laughs> up album. In fact, I always say it's the album if I need to cry, I listen to it. Right. Um, but it's just it's in my top three albums of all time. It was extraordinary how many it sold, and she just became famous almost overnight in a way because she did a performance at the Nelson Mandela concert and that catapulted her. It just went mega. And I remember listening to it on tape constantly when I would have a bath, which for some reason I would have a bath. This is when I was 13. I don't know why I've got this very specific time in my life. <laughs> I was 13 and it's summer holidays and I would have a bath every uh, evening, early evening. This would be my routine, and uh, and then I would put on Tracy Chapman on tape, on my parents' ghetto blaster, and listen to the whole record. Um, and Fast Car was just oh, it just takes you somewhere. And I think obviously again, I didn't know the time. She's a gay woman. I didn't know that. Um, I believe she still identifies as a gay woman, um, and. that whole record just takes me somewhere just takes me to a different place there's so much sadness in it there's so much melancholy in it and there's so much truth in it from her you just feel her voice you feel like she's singing her life Mm. you know you can hear the trauma almost you can hear the trauma and almost like the you know what she's been through yeah and it's defiance kind of i've never heard an artist like it um so yeah it's remarkable and still is remarkable Goodness, that's good. Uh, Steve Daniel doing my prior playlist uh, with our awesome guest tonight, Mr. Will Young. Now, the next song is a real treat. It's Annie Lennox and Little Bird that you've listed here. Um, I, I talk about this song. Whether you listen to the original or the remixes, they're all so, so good, aren't they? Why have you picked this? Well, first of all, it's mine and my friend's running song, and we did the marathon together, and I just love the fact that our marathon song was Annie Lennox Little Bird. Um <laughs> She's just an astonishing artist. Like, she was doing it... She was... What she was doing, you know, people talk about, and rightfully so, Christine and the Queens and, 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 and everything that, um, that that person has done as an artist. But um, what, what she's done as an artist, um, 
although I have to caveat that because I don't know if they identify with as she or not, so I apologise if I've got that wrong, if I've misgendered. Um, Annie Lennox at the MTV Awards in the 80s dressed as a man, mm. dressed as a man, mm-hmm. and, and, and sang with the Eurythmics then. I think it was like 84. Yeah. Um, you know, she had short hair. Everyone was, like, accusing her, and I use that word, as it was used then, accusing her of being a gay woman, you know, like, oh, you got short hair, you, you know, she didn't care. No. She was like, I don't care what you think of me. She wore suits and she was pushing the boundary always and deliberately so, but never giving, but never, never reacting to what people might say, never feeling like Shatter said, oh, well, no, actually, no, I'm not gay or not. She didn't care. She was like, you just say what you like, mm. you know. So she was doing it decades before what people are doing now um and what she did visually what she did i mean her singing she is i think one of the best female vocalists she's just astonishing and she's got this clarity to her voice um that very few pop stars have male or female Mm. it's like crystal clear um and then she wrote this amazing album you know came out with Why, um, Walking Broken Glass, and then this was the third single. Um, and it's it's kind of a, like, quiet banger, but Steve Lipson, who produced it, who was from... who does have a tie, sort of, with Grace, of Jones, Grace Jones, because she he used to work with um, Trevor Horn, um, who produced Grace Jones, and he was with The Art of Noise. He then produced Annie's first record and mm. ended up then producing my first oh, two records. Okay. Uh no, my second album and my third album, um, and basically gave me a career, but I couldn't believe it, um, you know, that I was working with Steve Lipson, who'd worked with Annie, um, but I think Little Birds is such a banger that a lot of gay men I know know, and non-gay men, but, you know, it, it feels very suitable for a Pride playlist, yeah. And even the, you know, we touched on the remix that's, uh, and the remix is really good, but even in the remix, which I heard in XXL in London, okay, but you could even hear the emotion works on that as well. Yeah. It's a great song, you know, whatever platform you want to listen to it, you really hear the emotion in the vo- in Annie's voice. Yeah, she's, well, she can't help but sing with emotion. Yeah. Um, And and that just permeates across yeah um so i was quite pleased when this popped into my head i was like oh yeah i'll put that in it might be it might not be the most obvious one but i think it's a goodie uh from that which came out at about 93 your next pick is late 90s ultra Nate. uh what was come on then here's a question for you will what was will young like back in 1997 i was quite individual actually I don't, it's weird, like, I don't think I've changed that much. I saw a friend of mine a while ago. I've known him since I was, like, five, but we'd lost touch. And I ran into him, and he was like, you just haven't changed. Wow. Since you, and I was like, no, you haven't changed either. I feel like I've always been the same person. I was quite individual, and even though I was quite, you know, I was quite, well, very uncomfortable about my sexuality I was very like I walked around in like flares from Oxfam and and you know didn't really care what weirdly how I looked but I don't know it was funny I was an interesting mixture of 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 people it was very sporty um and I loved art and and I I, I was quite I was quite a thinker so I've always been quite a thinker mm. and quite studious um and quite sort of quite like my own space so probably still the same now Mm. we used to go on like long runs you know um but i I was very lucky at school even you know as a gay young man it was difficult um not being able to live fully myself you know fully um but i i had a great time like i i had good friends and i kind of and I really enjoyed the sport and I really enjoyed the academic side of things mm-hmm. and I was very lucky I think to go to a really good school um so I managed to get a lot out of it um and I was there with my twin brother so we just had a laugh and yeah just used to sneak off and in, into the woods and get drunk <laughs> <laughs>
basically. I have will do that. Yeah. Did you, the interesting thing, so when this song came out around this time, did you have that dream in your head? One day, I'd love to do this. Did you know how good oh, you yeah. were? Oh, yeah. No, I, I definitely knew I wanted to sing. Yeah. Yeah, but I wasn't singing at all uh, then. Wow. At all. And I, in fact, that was something that I hid. I hid that from people. Um, Why? Uh, because I that I was worried that it would, it would. I was worried that it would. It was like sort of. Um, I don't know that I would stick out too much. F- funny enough, because there really wasn't much music going on. That mm. was one of the things that wasn't going on. Um, so I just waited till I got to university um, to do it. Um, but I remember watching this song a lot because. You know, MTV, we'd then, got, we'd finally got Sky at home. Wow. So, you know, we used to watch it a lot as teenagers. That's all you did. You yeah. just sit and watch MTV for like Such a eight treat hours. when somebody had MTV. I, I thought, oh my goodness, they must be rich. I know, and we finally, <laughs> we finally got it. And, um, and we would sit, and it, it, and it was, it was a big banger of a song, this. And again, not an easy song to write necessarily, mm. you know, because it's like such, it's, it's difficult to write very positive upbeat simple message songs Mm -hmm. um and and her look was brilliant her look was brilliant because she had the sort of short bleached hair didn't she and nose ring really individual really individual so she kind of stood out a bit to me you know i was like Mm -hmm. okay this is this is i'm kind of curious by who who this artist is as much as how good the song is and it would seem that since she's become quite a good ally of ours because she she performs i've seen her so many times at different pride events yeah and i've um, heard her interview and she's really interesting to talk to um um you know she gives a really good interview um so and it, i think it stood the test of time as well steve dania on my pride playlist tonight joined on virgin radio pride by will young and we're gonna go we're, we're kind of in full-on banger territory i suppose going from ultra free to your next pick which is incredible rosie Gaines, closer than close well same maybe even around the same month or two that mm. they came out at the same time i it don't was that know summer wasn't it yeah summer. i think it was that summer cause... i always remember because princess Th- i'm sorry to put her down on it but princess diana died in the August. Like, August. Yes. So these were the songs in like the June, July. Yes. When life was, because it was a great summer, wasn't it? Yeah. Year? And I think my mum had bought the single of Closer Than Close because she's, she's has always had a very good, good music taste. Um, and so I remember like hammering it because everyone has dance spots in their house. They do. Normally where there's a reflection. So you can either see yourself, <laughs> you, need a mirror. you can see yourself in the mirror or you can see yourself in the shower screen or the reflection of the wardrobe, whatever it is. So I managed to get a mirror and we just got a new Sony Hi-Fi and I'd put that on and then scuttle across the other side of the room and then dance in front of the mirror to Rosie Gaines. Yeah. Amazing. Um, But I feel like the Rosie Gaines one is one that's perhaps, you know, Alternati is probably more of a known one perhaps, I feel. Whereas Rosie Gaines, it's got such a coolness. I was going to say, it's so cool. Yeah, isn't it? As soon yeah. as, as soon as it starts, you're like, yeah, I'm with this. I've got yeah. this. You know, it's almost like if you're walking through a park or something. And this song comes on, you get strut. The yeah, strut. It's a strut of, song. It's a strut. And am I right? Rosie Gaines was sang with Prince. Do you know you're right? She did sing with Prince back in the eighties, and I think when this song came out, it was something like. 17 years on that's amazing wow. but this was all I learned that from my mum because my mum was so into her music she was like this is one of Prince's singer and now this is her new single it's like great <laughs> love it um, I think this is a good char- time to talk about Idol now I've got a question for you first of all did you get to pick uh, your final choice of songs or yes. the songs that you were singing yeah yeah every and song. How, how was that process did you have to whistle it brilliant down? I mean the first song I sang on live TV was Aretha Franklin I sang Annie Lennox, or I sung Eurythmics, Must Be Talking to an Angel. Um, A Stevie Wonder song, I think I did. A Bee Gees song, that was a mistake. You did, didn't you? Um, Yes. um, I did, well, I did The Doors, Light My Fire, but it was more Jose Feliciano version um, of that. Yeah. There's two things I remember about, because it's such a big thing. I was in Australia when the final happened, and I didn't want to go with my friends because of the time difference. And I was phoning back going, did Will win? It was just, oh, it took it over a lot. But it, it was such a huge event, wasn't it? It was. It was just mega. I mean, it started as, 
the tiniest show and then ended up just being enormous over a 20-week period. I mean, it was just astonishing. But you know you were saying earlier about you, you're very individual. Even in the in the process of that programme, I remember two things. I remember you saying that, you know, they, they tried... Somebody asked you a question about dating and you said... I'd rather meet the Queen. Yeah, I'd rather go for tea with the Queen. That's it. And you, yeah. and I thought, brilliant. Yeah, because I knew there were some gay guys, but also I knew there were some gay guys who were amongst the journalists, and I knew that would make them laugh. Because everyone knew <laughs> I was gay, so I thought, oh, I'll just say I'll go for tea with the Queen. That'll make them laugh. But, you, but <laughs> you I know. heard a story that, you know, you said everyone knew that you were gay. I heard a story that you were told, if I was you, I wouldn't come out. Is that true? I was told to just avoid it or, or to, 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 to just... Basically, they, I was asked to say no during the... If someone asked me if I was gay, and I, I would, I was already an openly gay man, so, and a and a pretentious politics student, so I just <laughs> I just got stroppy with them, told them to shut up. But I don't think they'd ever had that before, you know. I don't think they'd had that, you know. Someone coming in maybe a bit later who'd had some life experience rather than someone who was sixteen, and they could just say, "Yeah, do yeah. that, do what you're told," um, and and but I just wasn't going to do that I didn't I didn't want to do that I, I would have been so unhappy I think you handled it perfectly but it must have been really stressful knowing that you know like newspapers were were you know you had the threat of maybe being outed there it was or... just unnecessary stress that's what I thought I just thought the whole thing was so unnecessary you know I was like really you know it, it, honestly it did feel I mean I just there was you know war and famine going on I was just thinking gosh and this do I have to have another conversation with another lawyer about this. <laughs> you know, I just was so bored of it. Um, so that's kind of, was really how I felt about yeah. it. Um, but then also, I always wanted to be a pop star. I knew it's being, your sexuality is part of being a pop star. So I kind of knew that was part of the deal. It just was a bit unnecessary. Do you know, I touched earlier about you made my coming out experience better and you really did. But my whole family, I felt that they, they kind of got to know you. They liked you. They respected you. And as I say, we didn't, you and I, and people around our age, we didn't have that many people out there. So when you came along and because of the length of the programme, I think everyone got to know you. And they, they kind of felt involved. They Almost like they were indebted to you. They they went on the journey with you. So as a result, I started having conversations with my parents that I would never have had. Well, it was really... I think I, think I was in a really fortunate position that I did have that period of time where people could get to know me, you know, so they couldn't perhaps go on... It was the same as... Um, Brian Dowling and you know from um, Big Brother same yeah. um, in fact his was before me was you know, it? yeah I think I think I was very lucky to be on TV and people could be they were allowed to get to know me well enough so if they if their knee jerk might have been oh no we don't want to like him if he's gay they couldn't have that so much you know so it made them look at their own hypocrisy perhaps and, and prejudice so I do feel that I was very fortunate it was just it's the right timing you know um it was the right timing and and I, I was just a bit bullshit and just thought no I'm not gonna do what you say <laughs> <laughs> it's a great era though wasn't it and you, and you kind of defined it I mean you might be uncomfortable me saying this to certain, such an extent but it very much was you and Brian for 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 different audiences no, it was, it was, it was no, no it was really important it was tv the use of tv you know did do a lot for for the advancement of of gay rights and 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 of, of people being more open about their sexuality and 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 maybe I think me having seen a massive show like Big Brother you know which was new as well mm -hmm. um, and see someone being open as a gay man probably gave me the confidence even more to do it but I don't you know it, it might sound like it's a sort of trivial thing a show like big brother but actually at the time you know you, people wouldn't and was he voted the winner no he wasn't actually. i think he was runner up yeah, because they up. put somebody in last minute and it was but he got all the press yeah he got all the you press. can't even remember who and won. he was loved yeah and and have you two ever met I, i've always wondered yes, this you have i've met him once yes ages ago um did you have that chat about i hope how, i did yeah i hope i said i can't remember but i hope i did i hope i said thank you because I was watching it as a student. I mean, he was just being himself, yeah. wasn't he? I always remember when he shaved half his head and he said, this is gay times, this is attitude.
<laughs> it was such a good. So I was like, that's so good for just for those magazines to be mentioned on yeah. national television. Yeah, because you'd never get that normally. No, you know, never. It was it was just the right kind of format, you know, and 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 you need a bit of luck sometimes to help with the advancement of of so many things in yeah. society, you know. Yeah. Just before we get onto your music, we've got one more song. Very excited. Yeah. Jill Scott is fantastic. Oh yeah. So yes. we've got Golden. Oh well, see, this is one of my. Um, this is one of my like go-to songs. I think it's just such a happy tune. I mean, I love Jill Scott, and I I had left university, and her album had come out again. I got it through my mum actually, um, and I'd left university. I was about to enter Pop Idol. My mum had bought me the CD, Jill Scott, and I was listening to that. I'm just obsessed with it. Um, but that was her first record and then Golden came out on her second record and it's just such an awesome tune so just to get a chance to be able to play it to people mm. um, it's really positive happy fun tune you know but check out all her other stuff and she's a great actress as well and really? she's a great poet yeah she's she's really talented lady yeah I always think of a Sunday morning when I hear her like a like a Sunday like a sunny Sunday morning yes. when you've opened the curtains yes does that make sense yes it does I just think that's it's exactly what it is um, I think this is one of her more poppy tracks but it's a, it's definitely my my go to if someone wants like a positive playlist yeah. as well yeah and I wanted I wanted something like that can I just say Will it's so good to see you and meet you tonight and you look so happy oh yeah I mean I mean happiness is a, like a I mean, obviously, it can change day to day, but I think um, I I do so many different things that I love. Like, I love I love the music. I love... Lo I miss singing live. Um, so I've sort of almost forgotten. So I'm looking forward to getting to know that again, because that has Is been... Is this because of the pandemic? Yeah, I just, just... I've forgotten in a way, but, you know... So that'll be interesting. Um, I love acting. I love writing. I love... My rescue dogs. You How know, many have you got? Way too many. <laughs> I've got. Is that what the wipes three. are for? One, two, three. The, re the yes, yes, they are <laughs> for my new rescue dog, my new ten-year-old Dachshund. I've just rescued. Um, he's not house trained. Right. It's dreadful. It's dreadful. <laughs> I don't know why I've done it. Um, but I just think also there's there's so much. You know, you know, on this planet for very long, there's so many many things to do in one one's life mm. do you know what i mean mm -hmm. so i i try and like i only do things if if it, if i feel they bring me joy because i think there are lots of other things mm -hmm. i could go and do like oh, well, go and become a gardener or go and do this and do you think that's very much um, a, a thing of like when you get into your forces you're you're like no i be. don't want to do that because that doesn't make me happy and i'd rather do my way i hope i hope it is that because i don't you know i think you hopefully as you get older it doesn't you know you you don't worry about things that you used to worry about so much mm -hmm. um there's something brilliant about doing i mean that's what's great about getting older so you just think oh i don't need to worry about that you know you learn to worry about the things that matter that really um actually not very many things because we can't control that much no. really do you know what I mean? And all the stuff you worry about, really, you know, it never, I... never really makes much of a difference. No, no. So, so I just um, no, I'm 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 very really content with. I, I feel like I'm very fulfilled, um, like spiritually fulfilled, mm. you know, with all the stuff. And and actually, you know, the, the music I'm really proud of, and 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 also doing things like the writing and the book on gay shame and the mental health stuff. I, I love doing all that. That must have helped. Did that help with your whole process of dealing with it stuff? And... Yeah. I, I don't think I could have written it if I hadn't dealt with my gay shame already, but I really enjoyed writing it and kind of was like, wow, okay, that's interesting. I was quite kind of like geekily interested in it. Yeah. You know? I was like, wow, gosh, that's really... I was very invested in it. Um, but I don't think I could have done it justice if I hadn't already worked through it. And um, two questions I want to ask, just one off the back of what you said. If somebody's listening to uh, Virgin Radio Pride right now and, you know, they're experiencing not quite knowing who they are or there's the shame, maybe it's triggered a few things for somebody, what would you say to them about how to deal with that? Well, I think the, the, the key thing is, is that people might feel alone, but you're, but you're not alone. I mean that's the key thing because anything that's uncomfortable can can make us feel alone and and make us feel ashamed 
And it's bad enough feeling uncomfortable stuff without feeling ashamed and alone. Mm. So my big thing is to like um, connect with someone you feel that you trust. And you can do that by speaking to the Samaritans. I mean, I've spoken to the Samaritans when I've been in the depths of depression. Mm. And, and Did it help? Yeah, they're amazing. Didn't know what else to do. I was about to go on stage and I thought, well, I'll ring the Samaritans. That's incredible. Yeah, I kept on getting her name wrong, but then I said to her, <laughs> "Let's listen, I don't think, I don't think you're going to hold it over me, Deborah." And again, she said, "My name's Danny." Um, but you know, it was quite, you excused. It was quite funny. No, she was really good. She asked me really good. She asked me really good questions, and I've done some stuff with the Samaritans. But I'm using it as an example because for me at that stage, I didn't want to reach out to friends. I didn't, you know, f- because of that silly thing we don't want people to worry but actually they would have all been fine and I thought right I know the Samaritans now I'll ring the Samaritans they're amazing absolutely amazing that's incredible to hear yeah. I think lots of people would be surprised you know you're you were just about to go on stage and... oh, I was awful I was in an awful awful state I was real high stress it was high stress was this because of the career it was for a, it was actually a job it was for a musical and they and and, and the, the team had, cho- had changed about I had like six new songs to learn in five days and I was given no time. I mean, it was, right. it was a bad, it was a bad experience and, and we were opening that night. And, you know, so I was just like, well, I don't, I don't want to sit here feeling like this. And and so they're brilliant, but I'm using that, you know, you can go on now. There's so many ways of getting in touch with charities, with organizations that can help if you don't feel safe that, to talk to friends or, or family to begin with you know mm-hmm. and um express it that's the key is to express it yeah great yeah. stuff great stuff one final question i've asked all the guests this what does pride and pride season mean to you now you know like it, it, now and how we've seen it grow over the years well i think pride is 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 to have a sense of self-worth so that's what if i think of the the, the word that's what i think of and if i think of pride as a bigger picture and pride season and I now think that it's about celebrating difference. That's what I think. Celebrate difference. Celebrate uniqueness. Um, it's actually not as weird a thing as it sounds because we're, because the thing is, we're all unique. That's what people forget. Like, we're all born... We're literally... There is no one who is the same. Yeah. And that's coming from a twin. Yes. There is no one who is born 100% the same as the next... So mm-hmm. we're all unique. So for me, you know, to celebrate pride is is to celebrate all our own uniqueness. Because mm. um, then we accept ourselves and then we accept everyone else. Yeah. Great stuff. We're yeah. going to finish with you. I've got the album here. I've heard it this week. Isn't that a nice mm. picture on the front? That's in my house. That's really nice. Is that by, by wardrobe? or? Uh, I had to clear out all the furniture. <laughs> to take the picture but again it's another pandemic thing so I was like right that's a really lovely picture let's make it, it safer and 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 <laughs> do it in my house um yeah it's quite difficult listen if you've got lots of rescue dogs making an album at home <laughs> and doing photo shoots at home and doing interviews or live radio at home yeah. thank god thank you for having me here it's a pleasure because you know they they get in the way man um <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So it was all done at home, the whole production thing. Did you, so you actually Most recorded the album at home, did yeah. you? Yeah. Wow. It did. Incredible. Yeah, it did. It's a, it's but a bu- I had Richard X, because Richard X has produced it. And Richard X is an amazing producer. Now, he did, please correct me if I'm wrong, but he did the song with Khalees years ago, yes. didn't he? Uh, yeah, he had incredible. A, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he had a whole mix and, and, uh, and uh, a whole album. And he's done three of my records now. Um, I first worked with him on a song called Jealousy and then we did a whole record and he's done three of them. He's just brilliant. Graham Norton played Jealousy when you came in uh, and I hadn't heard that record for ages and there was like a whoop in the office. We were like, oh, this is incredible. I don't think it gets played enough, actually. No, it's funny it should be played Because I think it's one of my most successful songs, but it's sort of, I think it's, it happens that your older songs still tend to sort of get played, you know. But actually, I think it's one of my best best songs probably one of the songs i'm most proudest of actually mm-hmm. yeah that i've written yeah. and the whole idea of this album is we'll just explain it it's, it's it, covers yeah, it's yeah covers of female. female artists so everyone from moona to bat for lashes robin um solange knowles um everything but the girl 
Um, was it a diff- difficult process to pick which ones you wanted to do? Did you start with kind of like 200 or no, something? No, when I got help. <laughs> no, 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 when I got help. Because I, I joined Fascination Management. And um, so between them and Richard coming on board to produce it, suddenly we had a team and then we just had this list that we would sort of add and subtract to. But then once I'd done a couple of songs, I'd done the Bat Flashes Daniel, which was the first single, um, and actually, the Moon, I think, was one of the was the one of the last ones. Mm. Um, I was like, right now, I have an idea of the type of artist that I want to do. I knew I wanted to do females, female singers, mm-hmm. um, but they were all so a lot of. Then it made it easy because I was like, even though I'd love to do that, they're not the the right artists. They're all very individual, strong, sort of left field pop artists, um, and and it's just such an honour. Honestly, it literally is an honour. It's not a covers... It doesn't feel like a covers record. It's kind of like done with love. I know, it's weird, yeah. It's like a sort of... I don't know, it's weird. It feels very collaborative. But I made sure that I wrote to all the artists to say thank you. Right. Because I wanted it to be like that. I didn't want it to be... I didn't want it to be soulless. Mm -hmm. Just I wanted to show appreciation for their work because I do that. You know, if I'm doing an acting job... And the writer's still alive. I'll thank the writer for the work, you know. So it's, yeah. why not do it for the, for the music? Mm-hmm. And yeah. this final song that we're going to play, Crying on the Bathroom Floor. Can you tell yeah, me a bit about Yeah, that's the Moona song. Right. Brilliant band who, who, who um, I didn't know masses about and, and, until fairly, well, the last year. Um, and they're just amazing, amazing um, people. Um, and this song I heard and was like, oh, I think I could do, I think I could do my own version of this. You know, I, I think I know what I want to do with it, mm. and and it made me realise how what a lover of pop I am, um, because I could hear how I wanted to sort of pop it up even more. You know, yeah. which is because I sort of forget. Well, I suppose I've been doing it for a while, and I but I forget. Um, I love pop because <laughs> you know, I do it for a living. Um, so this one, I thought, oh no, I, I I think I can make this into a into a really good single. I kind of had a thought. I think this could be a good single, mm-hmm. and but it was the last one we did um, on the record, um, and then it, it was, and then and then because I loved the I, because I love the the lyric crying on the bathroom floor. Um, I thought well that should be the album title as well. I don't know why. I just think it's quite funny. Crying on the bathroom floor. I don't. We've be, all been there. Well, exactly. We've all been there. We've all been there. And uh, you know, tears and sick. You know, on the bathroom floor. Why not? Thank you so much for doing this today. It's Thank been you. great. Really lovely thing to meet you and you to hear your stories and hear the songs as well. And Thank uh, you. so nice to meet you and to see you so happy. Yes. I mean, you look great. I'll be crying <laughs> on the bathroom floor. Don't worry. Soon. <laughs>